You're listening to El Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Hey everyone, um, thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshi Den. I'm back in Los Angeles and I dedicate this episode to OneWomenAYear.org. Uh, it's run by my two friends, Jessica Lamb and Sarah Jean in Afghanistan, and they're trying to raise money to send girls to Oxford. So if you can, please go to OneWomenAYear.org and uh, support that organization. And it's great to be back in Los Angeles. I'm here with Scan Diamond. Um, she is superstar in adult. Um, is, that, is that fair to say adult business? Is it, I guess yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but not only that, I, I just uh, she's multi-talented um, artist. I, I've seen you draw pictures and uh, quite uh, talented artist and Thank singer you. and songwriter. <laughs> and um, she is uh, very special in my opinion because I think she's going to do a lot in the business. But also, uh, she's represented by Mark Spiegler. He is the, the best manager in adult business if you're working for him working with him it's very similar to for baseball player for playing for new york yankees so it's um she's a special special person so scan thanks for doing the episode and i appreciate you helping me with this one thank you for having me <laughs> um so well first of all you you my friend Mar- melvin called me and he was looking for adult star for movie playing opposite to Jack Black. So mm-hmm. how was it? How was the audition for that? The audition was fun. Um, I got to do it. A, I got to do it a couple of different times. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sorry. That's my no. That's dishwasher. okay. That's fine. <laughs> people want to hear. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was really fun. It, I mean, I was trying to like not do a ditzy. Sure. Porn star, more of just like an eccentric porn star kind of. I don't know. I think the ditzy porn star role has been done so many times and it's time to update people's perceptions on porn. I don't know. I, 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 I just think had a I, I, <laughs> I don't think people in the adult business get enough credit because I, I've worked at it for 14 years and I think most adult stars are very sophisticated and worldly. And like, look at all the places you probably travel for your work. And, 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 and yeah. plus your ethnic background. Um, you, you I, I mean, how how would you explain your ethnic? I mean, your background. Your like, I quarter? would say I am a mutt because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay, so it's a long story. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm American because my parents are American. Their roots are um, on my dad's side from Ethiopia and uh, Denmark, and then on my mother's side is Czech, Yugoslavian, and da- and uh, German. So. I'm mixed in that sense, but mm-hmm. then I also grew up in Scotland because I moved there as a baby and lived there my entire life. So I also identify as Scottish sure. a lot. <laughs> Even if I don't sound or look Scottish, I feel more Scottish than I do American. I see. I've lived there the majority of my life. So, <laughs> what, what was it like growing up in Scotland? It was amazing. I am... As you can see, looking around my house, I have Union Jackson, like British shit everywhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, I I'm 
really glad that I grew up as an American in another country. I think it's very important to travel as a young person sure. so that you can experience the world and like you know not everyone thinks the same way as you do and i think it's something that's very important yeah. to like grow as a person and be and i feel very lucky in the sense that i could have that experience and be able to experience two completely different cultures at the same time because you know even when i was living in scotland i would go back to america all the time my parents are american so I was always around both cultures, and it was really fun. <laughs> so in Scotland, you you f you didn't feel out of place. You, f you oh, I did. Oh, you did. Oh, okay, <laughs> I okay. Definitely felt out of place. I was bullied most of my well, all of my school years, all of them. I because you know I was the only black girl. I was always the only black girl. I think there was one other black girl in my primary school, and we were friends, obviously. Sure. And um, in my in high school there. There might have been a couple, but I didn't really like. They were like in, in a different year and a different, you know. So I don't, I don't really have any black friends growing up at all. I was always the, the black sheep, pun intended. <laughs> and Scan, I, I know you're a very modest person, but you know you you are one of the most attractive women working a bit. Well, I mean, oh, just thank you. attractive <laughs> period. You know. Thank you very much. But did that factor in? I mean. When you're attractive, people tend to be more nice to you, right? No? No, but the thing is, <laughs> I was a really big geek. I had, I was really, re like, really geek. I had no friends. Mm -hmm. I was always playing by myself. It's actually kind of depressing. I have a journal that I wrote in when I was nine, and I was reading it, and it was like, oh, I really was like a, this lonely little girl with imaginary friends. And <laughs> <laughs> but it was and I had like frizzy hair and big glasses because sure. like I had really bad eyesight growing up and um I don't know I was just nobody liked me at all it wasn't until I left high school when I was 15 and I went to college that I started coming out of my shell interesting I'm, I'm friends with Sasha Gray and she told me the same thing too she always felt out of place and like she's also another attractive girls and oh i love her i've never met her but she's she seems like a really awesome person yeah she's very ambitious and working hard and i think you're doing the same thing like i could always tell you were thinking about not just adult but other things you know mm -hmm. and i know you were once again modest about your artwork but i was kind of surprised how good you were drawing pictures and really yeah <laughs> was, those were just stupid doodles <laughs> no, i used to paint and i actually that's why i went to college was for art, art. so i used to do a lot of art i I'm a little out of practice now. I've moved on to other, other passions, I guess. So when you came to the States, did you face... I mean, I'm sure racism was different from the one in American Scotland. Or did, did you feel like it's the same? Or? There was definitely a lot of... I had a, a lot of racist experiences, especially when I was little. In Scotland, okay. Yeah. Um, I remember this one time... I even remember his name who said it. <laughs> but uh, I had just started primary three. So I must sure. have been like maybe six. Okay. And I sat next to this, to uh, like a, I just started a new school, so I didn't know anybody. And I sat next to like in this table and I accidentally bumped into the boy next to me. 
And he went, ew, slime, and started, and they all started throwing invisible slime around the table, and that's like, I can, I will never forget that, because I was, you know, I didn't, no, I was really young at the time, sure. so I understood it, but not really. I was just really sad, and, and like, I told on them, and then from that day, they never let me forget it for the rest of <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, it you know. is odd isn't it because i remember many times i was the only ethnic kid and you know even if they're not you know the difference you're all, you're the always the one not yeah it's it's a weird experience but it's weird because this happens throughout the animal kingdom too mm. my aunt and uncle used to have uh or they do have a quail farm in a uh Iowa, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of cornfields. Anyway, um, <laughs> they had a quail farm, and I remember I used to um, play with all the little baby chicks, even though they're all going to like game farms and restaurants. Sure. I would like play with the little hatchlings, yeah. and they're really cute. And sometimes they wouldn't hatch fast enough, so I would help them out. And wait, wait, um, stop! What do you mean help them out? Do you squeeze them? No, I would just like because sometimes they can't hatch fast enough because the um, it the um when they're cracking out if it can like harden again and then they suffocate because they started breathing and they didn't like oh, oh, catch okay. fast enough but anyway um every most quail chicks are brown um but rarely uh they they have little blonde ones sure and the brown ones would literally peck the blonde ones to death and so i would pick out all the blonde chicks and separate them <laughs> so that they couldn't because they were different i don't know it's like they just i don't know why it's just what people and animals they tend to do sometimes yeah. for some reason but you would think we because we are more rational than yes exactly there mm. we should be able to but quite often when you have a difficult childhood like that um i guess you're more well adjusted right you know how to deal with problems like that when you're an adult yeah, I guess so. It makes you a little bit tougher because <laughs> you've had think, to deal with. I shit. don't think you're the type of person afraid to travel overseas now. You know, I think. Oh you're no, more, I love traveling. Mm. I want to go everywhere in the world if I could. Everywhere. So when you when you came back to the states, I mean, was there cultural shock or, I mean, um, there must have been some adjustment, right? Yes. Like, there did you feel comfortable with? neighborhood with all black people or and things like that um things like that never bothered me it was mm -hmm. more um i remember the the homeless in la that was a shock because i'd never seen that condition those kind of conditions people in that are just completely out of their minds wandering the streets with well, one of the first places i lived in la was downtown near skid row and me. What, did you, what did you live in Edinburgh, <coughs> Glasgow, or what did you live? Um, well, I grew up in Dunfermline, and then Sorry, I. Sorry, what the heck is that? Dunfermline is uh, it was the first capital of Scotland. Okay. Uh, Andrew Carnegie, if you know, he, he sure Carnegie Hall. Uh, he was from Dunfermline, so it's a very historical <laughs> town, very old, uh, beautiful. And you didn't see homeless people at all. I mean, you see people like kind of on this, but not real. Not really. Not like, not like Skid Row. I mean, Edinburgh has homeless people too. Sure. But it's but even then, it's different. And I've seen a lot, like in Paris. You know, the, you see a lot of homeless in Paris. And, sure. Uh, so it's not like I have never seen homeless people before. But 
it's just a lot different here because it is actually, there's a lot in downtown there's a lot and they are very obviously a lot of them are very obviously completely out of their minds so that was a little bit of culture shock i don't like the bread here either the bread sucks i fucking hate american bread sorry i had to get that out <laughs> but what's wrong little things Wait, what, but that's what's, normal what's wrong with the bread over here Ugh, it's just i don't ugh, it's too sweet and they put too much preservatives in it and i miss british bread whenever i go home i just fucking wait a minute so is, much is, hag- <laughs> is haggis that's the scottish food yes haggis is scottish i was never that? a big haggis fan, fan. I mean, it's, I've had good haggis, but it's not something that I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. To wait, 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 explain to our audience, the people listening to it. Okay. It sounds really <laughs> disgusting to me. Even though I'm Asian, we use all sorts I of have, fucked up food. I have something to say about that after I explain mm-hmm. what it is. So haggis is, um, it's traditionally um, the organ meat of a sheep, like okay. the lung I don't know what else. I just remember that it's lung and a bunch of other weird Is it crap. intestine? But it's made inside, it's boiled inside of a sheep's stomach. Okay. And it also has like oats and herbs and other stuff too. But the meat is primarily like kind of like organ-ish meat. Okay. But the thing is, hot dogs are literally made out of all the meat that nobody wants, which includes the lips, the fucking butthole like all the shitty fucking meat that yeah. no one wants so haggis isn't as bad as a hot dog <laughs> if you're gonna put it that way i think <laughs> spam is pretty disgusting too i think spam also i think people just don't want to think about it <laughs> but it's pretty gross but what did you want to say about asian food no 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 i was it was actually about the hot dogs oh hot dogs okay but asian what do you, what do asians eat though weird so i've never been anywhere in asia yet would you want to go I want to go to Japan really bad. Scan, I'm telling you, I, I, I haven't been in 10 years, but you will do really well um, in Tokyo with fashion. You think so? Oh, absolutely. It, you know, right outside of the United States, Tokyo and Berlin, Germany, is the two biggest hip-hop centers of the world. And there's just so much money there. And I've heard of B-Style. That intrigues me. <laughs> What's that? I don't even B-Style? I've looked it up on YouTube. It was like, it's like <laughs> a... I don't know exactly, but I think B style is like when like like the girls will dress like they'll get cornrows and they'll dress really really really. Black. Oh yes, I've seen those. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason they'll get really tan and. <laughs> for some reason, like the Latin style of fashion and cars mm-hmm. from the six fifties and sixties is really popular in Japan. That's cool. Uh, like Japanese cholos, but a lot of them don't even know maybe historical significance of that in LA. But yeah, they. That they love Western stuff, but yeah. if you ever want to go, you should go. Then um, I definitely want to go. Y- you could definitely work fashion over there for sure. And a lot, many of those big hip hop artists are always performing in Tokyo, and they're really, really popular. It's funny you say that because I've I'm actually really heavily in- influenced by Harajuku street fashion. I used to be so obsessed with that when I was like probably from the ages of like sixteen onwards. I had fruits and all that. Wait. What's her name? Um, the singer. She's always talking about Harajuku style. Oh, Gwen Stefani. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. I had that album. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the best album, but I liked it. No, but she's really Japanese savvy. Stuff. She she knows a lot about um, Japanese fashion. Yeah, yeah. I think New York it's City awesome. and Tokyo and Paris, to, uh, in, in some extent, I'm sure London. Mm-hmm. 
the new fashion trend starts in places like that, right? And um, I, I, I just think, you know, the thing is, when I saw you, I was surprised you were doing adult business. I, I, I just thought you could, I thought you were just fashion model for a long time. I, I, I was for. Oh, okay, that's why. I, I, that's how I started out. I started out modeling, but it was always, the modeling that I did was always erotica. Like from day one, I was always, but it wasn't hardcore. It was just like art nudes mm-hmm. or glamour, pinup, a lot of fetish, um, like uh, bondage pictures sure. or um, modeling in latex clothing. Because I knew, I know a lot of designers in London and Paris and stuff. And I think <coughs> you were also told me you worked with the world famous Terry Richardson. I did. Was it here or in New York? Uh, it was in New York because I, I was just there feature dancing uh, a few weeks ago. And so we met up and took some photos while I was there. It was fun. And what, what's that like when you meet him? What, is he a tall guy, short? Um, um, I guess he's kind of tall and he has glasses and... Great sense of humor. He's really funny and he's really easy to shoot with because it's kind of just like hanging out and taking pictures at the same time, which is always my favorite when I shoot with people where, you know, it's just, it's not like, oh, I need to get this specific shot. Like you're just there to kind of like feel each other out and see what works and feed off of each other. And so he's really fun to work with. I can see why he's such a great... Like he, you know, he does so well. I mean, I mean, first time I saw him was Sports Illustrated um, swimsuit issue, mm-hmm. and I was amazed because he would use this cheap, dispo- almost like disposable camera. Yeah, his camera is this tiny little black. I mean, it's a nice camera, but it's tiny, and he doesn't use well when he was shooting with me. We were just shooting for fun. He uses he used natural light, and yeah. it was very, very like low key. But um, and, and it just shows. Because he has such a great technical skill and have a great eye for it, he could just yeah. get a cheap camera to do it. And I've always been impressed. He he, he did have like you know a reputation. I guess he's a character, right? But you he is a it. character. But he's a he's a fun a, char- a fun character. Is already those pictures are out already? No, or? no, I haven't seen any from them yet. He actually shot me. <laughs> I'm a big Doctor Who fan, <laughs> and he shot me in a my TARDIS bikini. And my song Screwdriver, so I was really stoked about that. <laughs> I am so obsessed with Doctor Who. That's I've done so many. I've done quite a, a few shoots. Is, is that you know. a British thing? Because it is. It's a TV show, and it's been on for fifty years, right? And there's been many different Doctor Who. Yes, they the like 50s. James Bond movies. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, it's it's like James Bond, but nerdier because <laughs> it's about this Doctor who like he doesn't really he doesn't fire weapons really unless you know he's like he traveled throughout the time is that the he traveled he's an alien um that travels through time and space and he usually and he travels around in his time machine which is called a tardis Mm -hmm. which stands for time and relative dimension in space and he usually travels with a companion uh, currently, he's the last of his kind. When the show started, though, there were other time time lar- time <laughs> time lords that live on Gallifrey. But um, <clears throat> it's it's cool because uh, the way that they've kept it running for so long. Um, when the f- original do- uh, actor who played the Doctor William Hartnell, okay. um, he s- got 
he started getting too old to play the character and um so the way they managed to keep it going was they introduced the idea of uh the fact that he can regenerate so when he dies his body and out outward form changes, changes and his personality changes but he's still the same person but he's a different person but what is is it trying so to say is he trying to save the world? Yeah, he like he travels around and he just saves people and ends up in trouble and has to get himself out or he'll go onto a planet and be like, "Oh, this is time is wrong. I need to fix it." Or or there will be something weird like some kind of monster that's being irrational and he'll he always tries to reason with the bad guy and he always gives them a chance to be like, "Look, you don't have to do this. I can help you." And then if they don't then he's just like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm just gonna have to destroy you now because I'm. He's like super awesome. <laughs> he's he's very he's he's one of those characters that's you just you always root for, and because he also has different companions, like, sure. the, and it's different actors. The show is constantly evolving and changing. It doesn't get dull, which you know for me being short miss short attention span is great. <laughs> Do, do, do you do um, cosplay and things like that too? Um, I'm a huge fan of cosplay, but I've never, I never really was very good at making clothing myself. So I was always just kind of like, I'll leave it to the to the bad boys and girls. But I, I but love if, it. If, if someone could make something, oh yes, for you, I would love to. You would I do would, it. I love dressing up because I didn't amazing. think coming over here today we'll be talking about Doctor Who because because <laughs> my listeners are, tend to be people who like that stuff and. My friend Chris Gore used to have a show called Attack with the Show. Is that right? I think it is with Olivia Mung. Mm-hmm. And we just went to three different conventions, one in Dragon Con Atlanta and San Diego Comic Con. We do panels, and you'll be perfect for it, you know. Um, in fact, have you been watching the show on Sci-Fi, Heroes of Cosplay? No. I, didn't you? Did you or somebody? I texted you about it. Yeah, you, you texted me about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to watch it. I thought it was a dumb idea. I ended up watching six episodes yesterday. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I just thought it was, they just buy those costumes and go up on stage. But it's it's a lot of work. They do research. Yeah. And they design it. Not only that. Especially in Japan. They go all, all the way. out. <laughs> and they would dress up and they would play the role. And they're judged by originality. Uh, if they made their... Uh, uh, outfit and yeah. performance and you know uh, fan interaction things like that and uh, you're definitely perfect for that and I didn't, you know is there any other shows that you like besides Doctor Who or yeah I mean uh, let me think um, I like I love uh, Black Books which is a British show so funny Dylan Moran Bill Bailey and what the fuck is her name I don't know anyway is there um, one called Black Mirror or um, I don't know so do you do you mainly watch British show then? Well, I mean, I like a lot of British TV because you know that's where I lived my whole life. But I also there are a lot of Little Britain's really funny. Uh, I think uh, uh, in terms of American shows, I'm a big fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, what's that other one? That makes sense because I I find British have a pretty sarcastic and cynical yeah. sense of humor. <laughs> I guess it's always sunny and black books are actually kind of similar because black books is all about these three, this three group of friends that they just sit around drinking wine all day and getting into fucking mischief. And Dylan Moran is, uh, 
he plays uh, Bernard Black and he owns this bookshop and he's this Irish man who just hates everybody and is, is the biggest asshole. Is he a stand-up comic too? Yes, yeah. yeah. He, he actually used to come to the uh, little... Um, Rest, uh, pub restaurant the Haws Inn and Inverkey thing that I used to work at when I was young but no um, he's really really funny but no I like I like American stuff too I'm a huge Friends fan I love that show uh. but I've been watching that since I was for as long as I can remember my parents used to watch it <laughs> who's other ones like Jimmy Carr's a stand up comic yeah and, um, he's really funny and um, Top Gear do you watch that show too Um, sometimes you know who, which comedian I really like? Eddie Izzard. He's one of my all-time favorites. Okay, tell me why. Because I have, I, a hard, <laughs> I have a hard time following what he's saying. I mean, I'm not in position to criticize anyone with my accent, but it's really hard. And everybody tell him how brilliant he is. He's... I just... I love him because he's very silly, mm-hmm. but he's incredibly intelligent. He can do his entire stand-up in multiple languages and has done, which... As a comedian, trying to be funny in another language... That's a tough one, yeah. And being successful at it, fucking props to that. Uh, oh, my God. That's... He gets a, he gets a star. <laughs> what is it in, in French or something? Or? Yeah, he speaks fluent French. Um, and he actually... One of, a part of his stand-up, his English version, is how he does his stand-up in France and how weird it is trying to, like, do whatever. But well, what, I, I, I just like how he... He he makes uh, very serious issues very lighthearted and silly. But what, why does he dress up in a women's outfit? Is it? Does well, he he's talk a transvestite. He's an executive transvestite, which is a joke. Um, but no, does he, he, the, ta- but he talks about mm-hmm. that too. And does he? Does he talk about a lot of gen- I have. I, I tried to watch him. And it's just hard for me. You to should watch. Um, I think his most popular stand-up, which is the one that I can. I can quote word for word at this point is uh, "Dressed to Kill," which okay. is on Netflix. But check that out. He's it's when he comes to San Francisco, and he uh-huh. and it's really really funny. It's good. Um, let's see. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I only had three hours sleep, so I'm still frightened. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So, what? What? Let's talk a little bit adult business. What? <laughs> Everyone, everyone knows what that sounds as well. That's the most awkward-looking bung. <laughs> it's a zigzag shape. <laughs> it's uh, unpractical as fuck. <laughs> so you you were having success in fashion, but one day, how did you? Ma- I'm sure you get to ask this dumb question over and over. Yeah, I do. I don't mind talking about it though. Um, honestly, well. My shoots were already getting more and more crazy because, you know, I was doing a lot of fetish modeling. Mm. I was hanging around in fetish clubs, and I've always been very open-minded sexually in that way. Um, Like, I've always been drawn to sex from a young age. And uh, when I started modeling, that was when I started embracing it more and experimenting and, like, hanging out with like-minded people that were open-minded. And so I had a lot of crazy experiences sexually before I did porn. But then, um, you know, one day, I think it was uh, right after I got my uh, Bizarre cover, which was like my first, that was my first big. Um, Is that a British or American magazine? I was it's British. British, okay. um, Yeah, it's British. It's, uh, it, but you can get it here as well. But um, I used to be obsessed with that magazine. 
Oh my god, I got it every week. I still have a, sus- a subscription to it. But um, anyway, the, uh, my friend Joanna Angel from Burning Angel. Uh, Another big star. Yes. Uh, well, I got bright. a message from, I think it was Mitch actually at Burning Angel messaged me asking me if I wanted to go to Paris and shoot a girl-girl scene because uh, Joanna and James Dean, they were going to Paris and they were shooting this movie called Euro vacation and they wanted to shoot all the Euro, all the UK girls this is like four years ago maybe <clears throat> yes okay and at the time you know I was getting I was doing like more kind of like teasing video type stuff and like not so ashamed to like spread my legs and yeah. you know I was I was just like fuck it I'll just I'll I've been I've done a lot of softcore girl girl and I've done like solo stuff with toys so fuck it i'll just say if i don't like it then i'll never do it again and if i do like it then who knows but i but just can let's be honest it, it helps to look like you you're very yeah. photogenic so thanks <laughs> well i mean it was i just wanted to to try it i'm one of those people that i want to base my own uh, uh assessment on something of whether i should or should not do something like i I'm not ashamed to say that I've tried most drugs, mm-hmm. even the crazy ones, and I know that I don't want to do them. And, but I, I know from my own experience because I like to, I like to grow myself. Sure. You know? I don't trust other people's opinions all the time. Anyway, um, so I did it. I went to Paris, and it was so fun. I had, I shot two girl girl scenes. You and were scared at all first time you did it? Oh yeah, I was nervous. Of mm-hmm. course, I was nervous, but you know, I was. I think I might have had a glass of wine beforehand because I'm just like, oh my god! But um, no, I it was just like hanging out with friends because Joanna and James are both really easygoing and nice to hang out with, and all the girls that I was with were all nice. And Kelly Lind was there; he's cool. It and it was just like hanging out, and then also having sex and getting paid for it. And then I ended up having so much fun that I stayed an extra week. And shot my first boy girl scene and my first anal scene. I just like was like fuck it. I'm you gonna get try anal right away. Yeah, yeah, I just I <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't going into it like oh I want to be a porn star and I want to drag out my career. I was just doing it because it was fun and I was getting paid and sure. I was in Paris and going <laughs> to fucking a million star restaurants and like fuck it was insane and I don't regret. A second of it, and I didn't do porn again for probably a year and a half or something. Uh. I, because I went back to Scotland and I was just fetish modeling and stripping, and I wasn't. I didn't want to. There were no companies in the UK that I really was, that really like, was drawing me to. I wasn't actively trying to sure. do it, you know. Um. But yeah, I. It wasn't until I had moved to LA. And I had been here for a year. That I had done a few scenes here and there for Joanna, and she invited me and my my girl Asphyxia to the AVNs. And then after, is she that, still your girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Okay, she's my she's bottom bitch. She's another one too. Yes, she is. She is very beautiful. Uh, but yeah, we went to the AVN awards, and that was when like I, because I had only ever met Joanna in the porn industry, like. I wasn't. I didn't know any of the agents or other companies sure. or anything. And then it, is, that, is that how you met Mark Spiegler that convention or no? No, I actually met him. I researched uh, when I decided 
when I initially decided to try and get an agent, um, I asked, I, there was a girl that who was, who was in the business and I, like she was a friend of a friend and I asked her about agents and who was the best and she told me a few different names um, and then I, I like, you know, Googled and I found Spiegler girls mm-hmm. and I looked at the girls that were rep- represented and Belladonna stuck out because Belladonna is my favorite. He, he always have the big ones. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know like all, I thought like, even though his site was kind of like not as fancy as maybe some of the other, <laughs> sure. uh, agencies, like I, I was looking at his roster of girls and when I did ask around, I'd be like, oh, what, is Mark Spiegler good? And people would be like, oh, yeah, I hear he's the best. So I... I mean, he is best in every way because I've never heard any other girl say he's a creepy guy trying to put his hand on me. No, never. absolutely not. Never it's, heard anybody saying... He's uh, so cool. Getting ripped off and... But he... um, mm-hmm. I actually got accepted to two other agencies, but I wanted to wait to see what Mark would say. Uh, oh I wait, think hold on, hold on. I didn't know that. Like, they have they have to make a decision whether they want you to. Yeah, you know, you write to them and be like, "Hey, my name is blah blah blah, and here are my pictures." And like, I I think I wrote to Mark a few times mm-hmm. um, before. Like, I wrote to him once, and then I wrote to him again, and he replied and told me to call him at a certain time. Sure. That's his. That's his test. <laughs> he tests girls to see if you're flaky or not. If if you're actually gonna like try harder or if you're going to answer or if you're going to answer your phone or if you're going to sure. call at a certain time and I think he invited me he invited me to uh, like Mr. Pete's birthday party and I went there and and it's like it's all his little ways of like seeing how the girl is right. and if she's going to you know he has a big I if think she's worthy if I remember he definitely doesn't want girls who are irresponsible into drugs or mm-hmm. alcohol and or not showing up he frowns on that. Yeah. I'll like mm-hmm. <laughs> ask any Spiegler girl. Your worst nightmare is if you are late for a shoot or something. Ever <laughs> like you have to always be early on your shit. Spiegler girls have a reputation to live up to because he does take all the best girls. And you are one of the best. That's you know. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> I, I hope you, uh, wait, I, I'll, I'll say the one thing and we'll go back to other stuff in the dough. Um, I hope you go to Japan because um, in addition that you like Harajuku for fashion, mm-hmm. the sex scene in Shinjuku, it's amazing. I mean, just about anything that you could imagine, it's available there. Um, I mean, they have some bunch of different photographers that would, you know, they put live bugs all over your body and take pictures. Or I know, I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm a big, big, like, I'm obsessed with everything to do with Japan. Everything. I love hentai, tentacle rape, fantasy stuff. I, and I, I know I do have listeners who are into that and they work in <laughs> Japan. No, I mean, if anyone who's interested in helping uh, Skin, what's yeah. your Twitter account? My Twitter account, it's skin underscore diamond. Just contact her and uh, give information me. because there's a lot of work <laughs> and you're so exotic. You'll be working a lot. Thanks. I would love to go to Japan. Fuck. That would and be music dream come too true. and fashion and um, I want to eat the food. In fact, I think I even have friends advice. You should pitch an idea for you to travel and do stuff for them too. You know? Yeah, it'd be uh, awesome. I mean, this is a great. I mean, I know a lot of people claim to hate LA, but you you must meet a lot of interesting people and opportunities. Like I fucking no one, love this city. Yeah. It's crazy as fuck, and there are a lot of 
downers, but you, it is made up for in the opportunities you can have. It's fucking sunny every day. What the fuck? It's like you have everything here. I mean, there's a lot of fake people that you have to weed through, you sure. know, to get to the gems. But if you can survive in this city, and it's hard to survive here, I think, especially if you start out with nothing like I did. But it's really, it's amazing. I love it. I've, I love it. It's n- no regrets. Quite often, people would probably move to L.A. hoping that uh, they could turn their life around. And when things doesn't work out, they blame the city. But uh, you're very similar with Sasha too, because she came here from she moved from Sacramento to down here. You know, I don't I don't know what she was expecting, but she found a lot of success here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're doing the same thing. And I I, I know the first thing about you is you're you're a smart. I mean, you know, I'm a lot older than you, so smart girl. <laughs> you're very smart, Thanks. and um, you're definitely gonna be a big star in it because I remember did, did I already talk about this or I'm, I'm falling asleep um, <laughs> AVN had a big issue about uh, African American in porn in uh-huh. wide variety of problems and opportunities and I, I, I thought there was few of them like India was a beautiful girl performing and she wanted to get into music but maybe the mainstream wasn't ready but I think I think they're ready you know you've seen people like Sasha Gray of the yeah, world. well, the James c- Dean, uh, which is shocking to me, yeah. even more of a. Uh, it's definitely becoming more mainstream. accepted because music is getting crazier. I mean, look at like all the shit with Miley Cyrus and everything yeah. and twerking and all that shit. People forget. Did you, wait, wait, the by the twerking, way, did you like when she did that? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my god, that's amazing, but I didn't hate it. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? She's doing her thing. Fucking give her a break. Maybe the latex outfit was a little too tight, but you know what? As someone that wears latex, sometimes it does flatten your butt a little bit. Yeah. I I have a big butt and it flattens my butt, so people need to shut up. Anyway, um, like people forget Miley. that twerking, mm-hmm. you know, twerking has been around for fucking forever, but that's just, you know, what strippers did. <laughs> that's what I used to do all the time as a stripper. It's you simulate that you are getting fucked in the ass or and like from behind it. You know when your butt jiggles, sure. Does that jiggle thing when you're getting fucked? That's what it's simulating. So twerking is like it's you, it's, you said, it's basically it's been stripping. around for how long? Because I, I don't I, know, I, but I, I I've finally been doing saw it, it last year in New York City in Chinatown. These two, one Puerto Rican white girl, walk up to me and say, "Hey, can you use our cell phone?" And, and film us dancing and it's like okay then they get their legs up against the wall and they start doing that I've never seen that before and, yeah and this it's has crazy. been around a long time well yeah it's just you know I mean I didn't comply I, re- I really I really like it <laughs> that's what all my stripper friends and I used to do in the strip club in Scotland we were doing it in Scotland huh. <laughs> you know this is what you do you get on the floor and you fucking shake your ass that's what Anyway, I just got back from Atlanta, Georgia, and I noticed a lot. Of, by the way, they have a great strip clubs in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but the strip club have a big influence in hip hop music because a lot of the DJ will promote certain kinds of music. But the strippers in music video and things like that, I, I never realized Atlanta was well, such a yeah. big music scene. Like music is getting more and more sexy, and that's why, like, um, I feel like when I start releasing my music, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a huge deal, you know. I, I'm not going to try and hide the fact that I was ever a porn star. There's sure. no point in trying to do that. <laughs> and also, you know, my music is 
going to be a little bit more of an adult i'm not trying to like get in the fucking pop charts or anything i'm not trying to get what kind tweens. of music is it um it's hip-hop well, I mean, right now i'm no it's not hip-hop or r&b i'm i'm more of a rock chick so i guess it's uh. a little bit more on the side of like industrial goth meets trip-hop meets whatever i don't know we're still we're still working on our style right now you know i'm still writing a lot and we've been recording stuff but you know it's it's the baby stages and you don't want to rush things too much you want to let things flow and i've never done anything like this before i've never sang in front of people i've always been so shy about singing my whole wait, life wait 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 <clears throat> is it more scary to sing in front of people or for, for yes yes why I is am, that it's because <laughs> no, I'm, i ask myself this no i'm telling you most <laughs> people are afraid to fuck front of the camera though you know what i think it is um i singing for me i've been singing since i could talk you mm -hmm. know uh i used to record myself singing when i was little on my little cassette player but and and make up little songs as i went along and just little stupid little things and you know when i became a teenager like i've never i've always been very shy singing in front of people because i've i'm actually people don't believe me but i'm actually an incredibly shy person i'm just very good at faking it yeah <laughs> and there are certain situations that i've been in so often that i can i just kind of like you know when i'm on a porn set i just get into porn mode and or if i'm doing a photo shoot i get into photo shoot mode but you you basically play character, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I studied acting in school, and I was always a really good actress too. So I'm I'm good at acting, but um, I don't know. I think singing is like writing music and singing is more. It, it's revealing more of your soul because it's what's coming out of here that you're m making into something else. Um. And so you, you, you write. porn mm -hmm. is like, you know, it's my body is my tool. And a lot of it is. Uh, You're playing fantasy. I'm playing time. a fantasy. Sure. And it's been fun. Like I, I basically use porn as a means to just explore my sexuality sure. and do some crazy fucked up shit in controlled environments. And it's been really fun. <laughs> Wait, I love it. What kind of stuff was the craziest? Like certain companies or certain directors or I, like kinks? Yeah, like I, I've loved shooting for kink. I'm actually shooting for them again soon. Yay. Um, They're one of the premier companies out there in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're really cool. Um, also shooting um, for this company, uh, Intersect, at the end of the month. And they're like really extreme bondage to uh, uh i love oh i love it i think i don't know i've just always had a little bit of a dark side i don't know i think when you when you're a shy person and then you can like express yourself sexually and get so much pleasure out of it i don't know it's hard to explain so before you started doing porn were you surprised later on once you joined the adult business world like you discover that certain things like you're surprised you actually liked it yeah i always it's funny because uh as a fetish model mm -hmm. i always 
said I would never do porn because I was afraid that if I made sex my job, then I would get rid of sex. And I love sex. So I was kind of nervous about that. Right. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I mean, but then I thought, fuck it. I am enjoying it. But when I don't you, have to keep doing it once I stop enjoying it if I ever do, you know. But when you do porn versus your personal um, non-porn sex, it's mm-hmm. completely different, right? It can be. I've had some pretty weird sex off camera, oh. though. Stuff that, you know. I've had. I've always been into crazy situations, and I think off-camera sex can be even crazier in my world anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Have you done stuff like, what is that stuff with kinks? Like public, um, public what is it, humiliation, oh. public... Um, there have there's one where guys like Steve Holmes who take girl middle of the street naked or whatnot. Yeah, I've shot for public disgrace here, That's but it. not um, not in in Europe. I don't know if I would be totally into that level of of being just like in a completely public place. I don't know. I think I'd freak out. But uh, I I've done a lot of like you know I've been having orgies and threesomes. For years before porn, man, mm-hmm. I was doing. I was having threesomes with my best friend and my boyfriend and my other best friend and my boyfriend, <laughs> and you know, like having sex outside and on trains. You know, just like weird little things. And I remember like dis- uh, discovering the fact that I was into the idea of being choked during sex when I was like fifteen, sixteen. I didn't do it. I think it was my friend. Um, wait, wait. Do you like getting choked? I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I love breath play. Oh my god, it's so good because you know what? It's not everyone can do it properly, but you know it. It's getting to that level where, like, so it, you have to know how to do it right, though. You can't just like put your hands around someone's throat and squeeze. Like, there's a certain like areas that you need to squeeze because otherwise, you're just like cutting off air or sometimes you're just cutting off blood flow or you know you have to it has to be kind of like it's hard to explain but anyway it also i would like to point out that breath play is not to be taken lightly and you should only play in a safe controlled environment with people you trust a hundred million percent because it is dangerous it can be i mean you see on the news you know fucking guy is masturbating asphyxiates himself you should never like try and do breath play by yourself which is ironic because your girlfriend's name is asphyxia yeah (laughs) we both like breath play yeah (laughs) um but yeah like when you get to that point where you're almost just about to pass out uh and you're like just about to pass out and you get that lightheaded feeling like when you're getting fucked and then like you kind of i start and then the person stops and keeps fucking you and you get this lightheaded rush rush oh my god it's so good it's my favorite thing it it feels like being on ecstasy or some or something feels like being on drugs do you remember i love it maybe (laughs) this guy might have been before your time a guy named contusion he was a director that's sounds familiar i feel like he used to do some crazy stuff but there was a girl named ashley blue once again she probably was a little before your time too but there's a scene where he literally choked her and when she came back <laughs> she honestly thought for a second she died you know that's a little too much when you I actually kind of like getting choked out too 
but I'm really nervous about like I'm I will only let very I think there are like two or three people that are no two people that I would go into being like like I'm gonna choke you out now and I'll just submit completely because I trust Your them. Right? Um, well, her too. She she's one of them, but um, she. She was actually one of the first people to choke me out completely. (laughs) (laughs) When we first met and we were like, oh, I was pretending to be a little girl and she was leading me down this bad stairwell. And then they started choking me out, her and this dude. And uh, I got choked. Did you ask ask her to do that? I was just going with the flow, man. I think I was fucked up and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that was the first I'd never fainted before and I just woke up on the floor and was just like whoa that was weird um, it can be really cool though the first time I got choked out properly though because the right. first time was kind of like it, what they weren't trying to I just did um, which again danger dangerous anyway um, the, how, how does one learn to choke someone correctly okay well what my uh, my master my old master um, he used to do it to me. He would basically like I would sit down on the floor, sure. and he would kneel behind me, okay, and then just put me in a chokehold, okay, and then squeeze, and then I would, and then as soon as you feel the person going limp, I've choked out people before since then, but as soon as you feel the person going limp, you let go, right? Like because you don't want to keep doing of it course. once they're out, because then you'll kill them, but um. You let go, and then once they're out, just start slapping them in the face a little bit, and they come out of it after like a few seconds. So you're only actually choked out for a very short amount of time, but as someone getting choked out, it feels like you've been gone for hours, and you, That's I, I start dreaming. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm waking up after having a really long nap it's crazy i've like had dreams about dragons and then woken up and i'm having an orgy like what the fuck is going on (laughs) but i love it like the first time my master did it yeah i was so overwhelmed with just how amazing i felt that i started crying and like in a good way like i like i just had tears rolling down my face and was just like oh my god that was it because i thought i I, I like I didn't know where I was and but you that's why you have to do it with people that you a hundred million percent trust because that is a very disorientating feeling getting choked out and coming out of it and you want to make sure that you come out of it and you're in a mm-hmm. you're like surrounded by people that you are comfortable with immediately like you don't want to be like where the fuck am I and then end up having an episode. Or, you know, so, it's, so, uh, it's dangerous. So, if a, a girl in San Francisco, LA, had never done it, where, where did they go? <laughs> where does one go to find someone like that? Local honestly, honestly, and, I uh-huh. would only ever do it with an actual like play partner. I wouldn't go out actively being like, "Hey, do you want to like choke me?" Sure. and just try and find it for, with a stranger. I would not recommend that. The only people that have ever choked me out, I've like developed a relationship with over a certain sexually over a certain amount of time like we've played a lot and they've pushed me and i've completely trust them and then uh you know and but plus I, probably helps if you see them do it to somebody else and then they're okay right I yeah mean, and yeah. plus i'm lucky though because i've had again like i've been able to have these experiences because of porn sure i because I had, they were directors like for BDSM thing that I had worked with or whatever. And 
so like I, I already trusted them. The, the, the relationship was already there. And they are professional at it mm-hmm. and they have been doing it for years and know what they're doing. Um, I think I only uh, produced one DVD for you, Voyager, with uh, you in it. I think it was Manuel Ferreira's Slutty and Slutty or 14 or something like that. Oh, yeah. That was one of my first scenes back when I still didn't have eyebrows. <laughs> scary times. <laughs> that was a fun shoot, though. What was it? What, did you do a scene with Manuel? Yeah. For those of you who don't know Manuel Ferreira, he's the, one of the nicest guy, one of the best looking guy in the business. He's a Frenchie, too. Yeah, and great performer and like, you know, built like a horse. But mm-hmm. so was it when you were, so you did a scene with him? Yes. And it was really fun. He, I was nervous, though, because, you know, he has a really big dick, and I don't think I'd ever had anything that big in my butt before. So I was a little. Like, oh, I hope it goes well. And plus, I was really new at the time, so I hadn't... Re- but it was a great scene. Everything was awesome. I was... Wow. He's a great scary. performer, but he never struck me like someone who would end up hurting a girl. Like, he seemed pretty considerate. He's really good at breath play, but he's he knows... <laughs> oh, God. He, I didn't know that. He knows... Well, I mean, he doesn't, like, choke me out or anything, but, like, he knows that I like it. That's why. <laughs> and that's how you can tell a good performer when you know they're they're into giving as well as receiving right i mean have you worked with joey severus have you had him as a director did you work with him um i haven't worked with him but i've worked f- for him for him yeah, yeah. And i think joey's one of the best in the business too where he'll actually talk to the girl and find out what she's into and, and what she's not into yeah he's only interesting and in doing things that you're into you know and you could tell by watching his movies yeah, I really it's like very, him. Uh, He's I, I always have really good days on set with him. He actually directed the uh, Nacho Vidal uh, sexual messiah movie that oh I did god. with Nacho. Oh my god! Now that was a crazy fucking day. That was I. I like I had to. Have, how do you like, how do you describe Nacho to <laughs> like for some nature? Yeah, yeah. And now I've worked with Rocco Sofredi too. So I've worked with both of them just once. But, oh, my God. They're both, like, they're both kind of similar because they're, like, that crazy, out of control. You just, you're basically just all, like, hold on tight and just hope that you can stay on the ride because it's going to be a crazy one. I I could easily (laughs) say right now, (laughs) you know, Nacho, Rocco, Manuel, they're probably the one of the top three greatest performers from Europe, right? I mean, they, they, yeah. have, they have a reputation. For real. Really but out good. of the three, I still have to say Rocco is the biggest star. I mean, he, he's a huge, huge star and he's mm-hmm. a beloved figure in Europe, you know, especially in Italy and France. And, uh, I'm glad I got to experience him. I've had so many good experiences in porn. So many things that, like, I would have never been able to experience if it weren't for porn, which is why when people get all weird with porn, it's like, really, it's not actually that bad. <laughs> it can be. But as long as you're smart about it, you can totally use it to your advantage. So <laughs> I think we talked a little bit. You know, I'm almost done. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're busy. Um, <clears throat> so recently there was uh, three cases of H- HIV positive cases. and um, But you feel, you still feel like the industry is doing a pretty good job protecting the performers. Yeah, I mean... I 
wasn't exposed. I think I know that a few people were exposed, and that's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think that it sucks that there's been so many cases in such a short space of time. But people need to remember it's, 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 it's a this has like this is shocking that mm-hmm. there has been this Three. many in such a short period. Like not even like I was talking to directors that have been in the business for like twenty years sure. or whatever, and um, they were telling me about how like the, this has never happened in the in their whole entire history like there's only been like three known cases of hiv in that entire time of like 20 years sure so the fact that there's this many in this short space of time little suspicious just gonna put that out there but anyway i think that we're all very safe i you're saying that because i have never actually even tested that once in my life yeah I feel really protected. So because they test all the performers who work with people who are HIV yeah. positive right now, and they don't have it. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not saying one way or another, but I, I guess some people are saying if the other performers didn't have it, they might have got it from outside of the porn, maybe a drug use. We don't know. We just don't know. Yeah, I think like, honestly, they did not contract none of the performers that con- got it on a porn set. Sure. Which is the point that people should be paying attention to. They actually, it proves that the system is actually working because they got tested and then, you know. Uh, didn't you tell me one of the girls was trying to get in and they finally yeah, was HIV so, positive? Okay, so first t- two mm-hmm. people to test positive are a couple. One is a male performer in gay porn movies. His girlfriend tests positive. We don't know who got it first, yes. though. And there's no none of the actors that they worked with prior tested positive sure. for HIV. But you so, also <clears throat> but you also know that it's it's more difficult for women to give it to a guy than other way. Yes, around. that is true. Also, but. Uh, Nevertheless, it is a sad story. It is horrible. It's very heartbreaking. My heart goes out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I I don't think that they got it from straight porn. And then there was another performer. I think he was in gay movies. I don't know. I can't, don't quote me on any of this. Yeah. I try not to read on it too much because it just like, it stresses me out because I get mad. (laughs) Because this uh, is September 20th, Friday. I think moratorium was lifted today, was it? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm actually shooting tomorrow. Hurrah! <laughs> do you have to do prep work? Finally! Oh yeah, I'm shooting with Lexington Steel. Oh God! Tomorrow, so I gotta prepare myself. <laughs> yeah, but he's awesome though. I love him. No, very nice guy. And um, we've been waiting to shoot this fucking scene for like three weeks, a month maybe. Mm-hmm. There's been so many. It's not been a good summer for porn. I'll tell you that because there was the syphilis thing, which ended up being a false positive, and then there was uh, the hepatitis C thing, and that is due to some fucking dickhead. <sighs> That's why, like in this business, you do have to be really careful. Sure. You know, you have to look after yourself, and at the end of the day, trust no one, and just make sure that when you're going to work with someone, they've got a fresh test that doesn't look suspicious. Yes. Make sure it <laughs> doesn't look like it could have been tampered with or yeah. anything, because there are some dodgy people, just like in every job sure. instance in the entire world. There are going to be assholes that are going to ruin it for everybody. Um, 
I, I don't work in a business anymore, but when I heard the story, I, I, I panic, you know, because <coughs> I, I don't want no one to get it. But yeah. I especially panic for my friends, you know, like. Yeah, uh, it is scary sometimes. It's like, it's, it's one of those things that when girls uh, who message me on Twitter and they're like, oh, I want to get into the business, give me advice. I'm just, <coughs> I always just, the advice is just m- really think about it. Yeah. Don't just be like, you know, you have to be down with the fact that people are going to hate you for no reason. They're going to judge you. They're going to judge you. Your family is going to find out. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to be very tough. And I wouldn't, I would personally wouldn't recommend getting into it young. Yeah. I was 23 when I got in. So, and I'd already been modeling nude for years. So I was already very comfortable in my skin. I um, I'm always shocked when these girls just turn 18 and they're already doing double anal and crap there's like no that. way there's I was not emotionally ready at 18 years old to yeah. do porn I would would not have been able to do this job at 18 I'm really glad I waited <laughs> until well I didn't even really want to do it until I was older but yeah you don't mind quickly talking w- about your family's reaction uh, um yeah they were they were pretty cool about it but they had already kind of gotten used to my craziness. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's right. You were doing some yeah. nude fetish modeling kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, my dad was a fucking. <laughs> my dad was a fucking actor on the BBC for this kids show, and so when I started nude modeling, it was actually kind of a scandal. And I that's wait, 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 how, they, that's how what, they found out. What, was he still it. acting? He's not acting now, but he was acting at the time when I started modeling. I see. Um, and it because it was a kid show, and you know it's a little controversial because I was getting naked on the internet. <laughs> but he didn't. He wasn't fired from the show, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking scandals just make things more popular. But uh, yeah, I was. That was how they found out, and I was like, you know, in a tabloid like front page. It was really like, whoa. <laughs> really, My friend didn't like it. <laughs> You know, it was just not a good time. <laughs> but I can laugh about it now. It's really funny now. At the time, it was horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> did you did your dad talk to you about it? Like- yeah, of course he did. It was crazy fucking shit. And then you know, um, after that, they basically were like, "Yo, you know, we love her still." And then and then I started stripping, and I told my mom. I told my mom that I was a stripper, and she was just like, oh, okay, as long as you're safe. You know, <laughs> my parents have just kind of gotten to the point where, like, they know I'm probably going to do something crazy. Cause I've but they know you, right? Bit. I mean, they, they yeah, know you. I, and, me and my mm-hmm. family are really, really close. I get That's on good. great with my mom and my dad. Because you have to remember, like, growing up in Scotland, I, I, don't, I wasn't around any of my other family it was just my parents and my sister that was that was it and then we would visit other relatives like once in a while but where, where, where are you most of your family in the states yeah most of them are in america but we were really poor so it wasn't like we could just travel wherever we wanted how come they didn't want to move to the states and just stay in scotland i mean because yeah. my dad was a missionary before he was an actor all right i um i have a weird history <laughs> <laughs> wait so your dad's a Missionary. He was a missionary, and which is why we moved to Scotland, and we were really, you really don't, poor. You don't mind which 
branch then, of uh, religion? Well, yeah, I was Christianity, but I don't know which one. Some stupid. I don't know. I wasn't. It wasn't stupid. I don't want that to sound weird. No, no. no I he uh, his work was really really cool. Actually, what they would do was they would um they would try and make Christianity fun and lighthearted and like not serious. And the way they would do that is they they were called Axe Drama Company, um, which is you know play on word the book of. I and, see. Um, and they would do like little skits and um, songs, and they had albums, and and yeah, <laughs> one of them was Jurassic Church, and my t they would do parodies of movies like there was Jurassic Church, and then Men in Christ instead of Men in Black, and um, they had all these songs and stuff. And so they were He would travel a lot, though. I didn't mm -hmm. see my dad much growing up because we were just in Scotland, in this tiny wee town, and. My dad would be off like touring the UK with his partner and doing like going to schools and stuff. Um, <laughs> I can't wait till you <coughs> write a book about your life. I mean, that's that's already interesting with your religious background. Your dad was an actor, and yeah, my parents are really cool. They were both born again Christians, mm. and they like you know they they know they don't agree with my lifestyle uh, yeah. per se, but they don't judge me for it either sure. which is christian that is a real fucking christian by the way not to judge someone just because you don't agree with it but i might me and my family get on amazingly we're all really close i'm sure they're probably waiting like you get you're going to eventually get bored or something and find something else to do right i mean they're probably thinking in that light well they know me and they know that that's oh, okay. what i do anyway yeah I can already like I I can already tell that I'm I'm getting really into singing right now. Good. I'm doing a lot of songwriting, um, and it's been a very interesting journey too because, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do, but I've always been too shy to sing in front of people, and so I've never done it, and I've always been like, oh no, like doubting myself and just being like, no, I'll just be like. I wanted to explore my sexuality and that was what I wanted to do for a long time right. modeling and and stuff but now I'm thinking you know I I had a thought if I don't do it before I die then I'm going to be really pissed off at myself yeah and so even though I have to say I am terrified <laughs> of this video music video coming out because I'm so nervous you know I was something that I've always wanted wait so to when you got when are you doing that um, it should be out in like a month or so. Oh, you already did it. Mm-hmm. Is this? Do you want to see it? <laughs> I have it on my laptop. Uh, how long is it? It's like you know, well, it's a song. Okay. I could just put it on. We can like talk in the background. Or um, or you can watch it after or whatever. Yeah, I, I could do that too. Um, it's just the parking switch or something. I gotta leave in about um, seven, eight minutes or oh, ten minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but. Um, is that going to be on YouTube or something? Yes, it will be on YouTube. But when? Uh, but I'm not sure yet. There's, it's still in production right now. Um, it's, it was shot as a Brazzers scene. Sure. Brando, one of the directors, approached me wanting to shoot a, a music video with original music, and then at the end, it'll turn into a sex scene. And so then I thought, well, since I'm already kind of starting to write with my friend anyway why don't we just write a song and then you can use the song and it'll still be our song but you can use it and do the music video and and whatever and he was down so we um we tried out it's like the first song i've ever tried to write in my life um like i had no idea what i was doing but 
it was really really fun and we shot it and it's coming out soon so i'm very excited and now me and my friend are in a band uh we've been writing a lot we're called space age clockwork <laughs> which is a total doctor who reference is that right <laughs> yeah <laughs> if anybody gets it i'll be so happy but do you have a website for that um uh, not yet not everything yet. is all baby stages production mode right now we're still you know so uh, what what i would do is i'll hold on to this year. episode until that thing it's out then um, i'll release it so that oh, way yeah. yeah so that way because it doesn't do anyone any good if i release it next week and they don't have access to it yeah that way. yeah yeah the the website will be up by the time the music video is released so within so a month, month and so a half? within a month i can let you know though I sure can. that's fine um because i have your number but yeah i can um i can get on that it's very I, exciting it's so exciting i love it i can't wait to like start doing live stuff and like i hope really you do open mic or something <coughs> you need to get on stage i know i know it'll be so fun it'll be a dream come true <laughs> so do you want do you want to go on a tour and performing Is um, it? yeah i mean that's that's the the goal anyway i'm uh mm. i'm just testing the waters right now it's fun doing something different i i like doing things that make me nervous <laughs> but that's good that you're open to new experience and challenges right yeah um, i mean that's why i started nude modeling like my first photo shoot was a nude shoot and i was so nervous my boyfriend was came with me and you know was he mad no no i mean he was i've always dated real i tried to date really open-minded uh -huh. people so he was down for whatever. so not, not one guy that you ever dated got jealous Oh yeah, I've had jealous people. I've dated a lot of jealous people, <laughs> especially since porn. Guys always want to date a porn star, and then they can't handle it. And right? then they can't handle it. Yeah. The pussies about it. They don't anyway. But it it must. I'm be, not gonna lie to you. I would can, be the same way too. It can be really. I can completely understand why mm -hmm. it can be really hard because. But know, is it easier when you're dating a guy, also a performer too? I don't want to date a performer though. I tried to once, and it. It ugh, was not. I don't really. I'm into really normal, regular looking guys. <laughs> so the kind of like beefy, muscly porno dude is really that right? doesn't. Why do is it that? To me. I don't know. But like when I look back on all of By like way, my, my fans like that, my great <laughs> loves in my life, and the ones that I've been with the longest, they're all pretty regular. <laughs> like. I mean, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful. I don't want that to sound weird, but you know, not like. But you, you factor in personality how they treat you, right? I go for per. I know that sounds stupid. I really, I do go for like personality more than anything yeah. else. I go for energy. If I have good energy with a person, like, cause I can like someone and be like, you're cool and you're nice and you have whatever and. Yeah, you're good looking but unless I feel something with someone like with their spirit then I'm not you don't mean like sexual energy no well yes and no because that energy becomes the sexual energy too when you connect with someone mm -hmm. you know when you just have that spark like I don't want to be in a relationship with someone unless I have that spark like I'll get bored so fast yes. and just be like this is stupid and go wander off which is why I'm terrible at dating because I'm like I like I only want to date someone that I can see myself falling in love with because <laughs> I'm a I'm a hopeful romantic at the end of the day. 
<laughs> um, I think I got a few more minutes. So, um, uh, what what's your Twitter account again? Address. Um, oh, my Twitter is us at skin underscore diamond, and my website is skindiamondvip.com. And I want the listener, especially in Japan, um, because you know you're an interesting spot. You could do fashion work there, and there's a lot of fetish work as well. Mm-hmm. And they love Westerners visiting Japan and sing. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. I, I'll, I'll get back I to you. To. Um, I don't know if you're in town first week of November. Me and Chris Gore mm-hmm. will be doing show at um, Stan Lee's uh, Comic Kazi. Oh, the first, cool. first week of November. That sounds and cool. And then um, when I'm doing podcasts with Chris, if you're free, you should come and meet him. And um, or very late, just come to maybe the cosplay thing. You should mm-hmm. meet them because we we will have Adrian Curry from America's Next Top Model. She'll be doing another show with us, and she's fantastic. You'll you'll like her a lot. Awesome. And, and I I think out of all the things you say, even even when you tell me your parents are missionary work, <laughs> Doctor Who once I didn't see that coming at all. Um, that's Doctor interesting. Who? I love Doctor Who. I'm wearing a Doctor Who necklace right now. And my phone is a TARDIS. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Look, see my TARDIS teapot and my TARDIS cup? And then I have, it's embarrassing. I have sonic screwdrivers over there. I have all this shit. Wow, you're all so about UK, when I, aren't you? So when I met Matt Smith, I was really, I had to hide all my TARDISes. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Well, Scan, um, th- thanks. I'm, 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 I'm still surprised, you know, because it's, it's. I would imagine you. There's a lot of creepy guys like me, always like harassing porn girls, and you know, it's, it's, it's nice that. Creepy. Well, I, well, let's be honest. All guys. Everyone's are creepy. creepy. I only date older guys though, so I don't really. Really, you don't want to date someone same age or younger? Ugh. Why no. is that? Because. Older guys are more experienced. They know how to treat a lady. They know that when girls go crazy, how to respond because they've already had a lifetime of dealing with women. I don't know. A I lot just, of failures with I, them. I just feel like I, I've always dated guys that are older than me. Even when I was 14, I was dating a 19-year-old oh or whatever. God. Like your, your poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I was a really I bet really you there was time girl. he wished the I was a really bad girl my parents hated it when I was a teenager I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was time when your dad wished he had a fat <laughs> ugly daughter so don't have to worry about it <laughs> um. Oh, but scan, I'm, I uh, I hope you keep drawing. I I like this idea, but you're pursuing. But that's one thing I do get concerned with girls. Like, start thinking about um, keep doing whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but think other stuff to do too. You know, the, yeah. The fact I'm, you, the fact that you're doing, you know, dancing and art and music and writing songs and you know, and you're thinking about. But I like the fact that you were so enthusiastic and re- respond to my text back and telling mm-hmm. me. You want to go and do the audition, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're going to do a lot of interesting stuff in LA. But Thank please you. travel a I'm lot. Tra- you know, I think. Yes, I, think I, I always want to keep traveling. And um, I want to do another podcast with you when you go back to when you go to Japan and come back. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking. Awesome. I'm curious about that, and <laughs> I'll uh, do my best to help you do that. Cool. All right, Ken. Thanks for doing this episode, and everyone, thanks for listening thanks. to this podcast. And uh, um, I hope you guys listen to the next episode next time when Ken's on, because I, I do definitely think 
you're going to have a fantastic time in Japan. Thanks. Ha- thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Bye.